there will be absolutely no rules on this show. I've never had a problem expressing my opinions. You are now watching the Behind the Boards show. New episode every week. Featuring Nick. Taylor. And Tyler. And we're not going to fabricate ourselves in hopes to please everybody. But make no mistake, we are not here to make enemies, but to make conversation. The Behind the Board show starts in... Three, two, one. Hello, beautiful people. Uh, today might be a little bit of a long one. Looks like there's been quite a few things that has happened since last episode, so I'm expecting this episode to either be longer or just as long as the previous episode. Um, as per the huge... I'm here with my co-host, Taylor. Taylor, say hello. Hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> Tyler, say hello. Howdy, howdy, howdy. So, before we get into everything um, crazy, I need to bring this up again. Uh, more Mac Jones. Uh, this guy is so good at football. Uh, he's so good at football, dude. Uh, he feels like a vet, which is absolutely insane. Um, you know, there's a lot of things about him. Um, he's definitely a get-it-done kind of guy. And the, the worst thing I think that you can call a quarterback, and it might not even really be a bad thing inside the sport, but maybe outside of the sport, people probably don't like being called it. Um, which is a game, uh, a game manager. And Tom Brady was also one of those where he kind of controls the game. You know, he's not running the ball. He's not making long drives. He's just kind of forcing the offense to play against the defense in a way that he wants to. And I watched... Um, some highlights of Mac Jones and it's crazy how good he is like how the fuck is this guy this good and my question is is it him or is it like Bill Belichick I mean the plays and decisions this guy is making in a second is is, is crazy good I don't think Anybody in his draft class will be at his level. Um, and that's, you know, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance. But Trey Lance, um, he hasn't, we haven't really seen much of him. Jimmy G is absolutely on fire for the 49ers, so we're probably not going to be seeing him. Uh, Trey Lance, I mean. Um, I mean, they fucking had him do, they had Mac Jones doing off balance throws. And I'm sure Bill Belichick was probably like, why are we doing this? 
just fucking protect him. You know, he's being compared to Tom Brady a lot, which is absolutely kind of crazy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy wins eight Super Bowls instead of seven. Um, at this point, um, I mean Zach Wilson. Yo, like that, I said, is no, that is it a is take. That is it is a take. It is absolutely a take. Uh, Zach Wilson. Um, I mean, there's no chance. I mean, he had, he had, I mean, he got a good win with the Giants a little bit ago, uh, but he also threw the worst interception of the entire season, uh, and maybe throughout the entire NFL. Um, but who really knows? Um, the thing with Mac Jones, though, is that he is on that rookie deal, which opens up a lot of possibility for more players. There's an, I mean. We're gonna end up seeing something. We're gonna end up seeing something happen, and maybe just like Tom Brady, he's probably gonna end up taking play cuts. And here's the thing, and like the last thing I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two more things about Mac Jones. The the, the one thing with Mac Jones is he is in a very good position right now, being taught by a coach. That is absolutely outstanding. And the other thing people are forgetting that the reason Mac Jones is so good at reading defensive lines, because he was running scout teams for three or four years in Alabama. Nick Saban, and if you don't know Nick Saban, he favors the shit out of his DBs. So for three or four years, Mac Jones was being set up for failure because anyone like I said, that knows Nick Saban, head coach of the Alabama team, no, of the Alabama football team, knows, like I said, that he favors his DBs. Like, when you're running scout, you're trying to set up Mac specifically for bad throws, incompletes, or, you know, trying to get picks. When he got picked, he, he leaned into... Goodell. Okay. He leaned into Goodell and said, this is where I want to go. When he got put in that second quarter in that preseason game, they looked over to Cam and said, I wonder how this makes Cam feel. And let me tell you, no one gave a fuck. No one gave a single fuck. Okay? Um, so, give me one second here. Um, we're going to talk about the Browns. And I touched on this very little last episode uh, by saying I didn't really want to talk about it. Because, honestly, it's just fucking pointless at this point. Um... That game against the Baltimore Ravens was horrible. Not because it was a low-scoring game. I love classic football, but because that that team is so unorganized and they look like a mess. They looked terrible. Fumbles on almost every kick, balls slipping through hands. It's hot in the kitchen in the AFC North. And seems to only be getting hotter. And conversation of Baker Mayfield seems to be only taking bigger strides. But congrats to Lamar Jackson. 
and Justin Tucker of the rest of the Ravens securing that win on the other side. Baker must be hurt, toe, ankle, shoulder, uh, elbow, a knee, and so much um, drama, so his brain must be going wild too. So who knows? And Kareem Hunt Sr., a.k.a. KHS, he's even, you know, chiming in now. Weird that it's after OBS, OBJ's dad. Um, And Baker seems to be the obvious issue. He seems to be the obvious issue on that team. Too many things keep coming out about Baker for him to not be the issue. Clearly allergic to his receivers. What do you do if you're the GM? What do you do? Because everything right now is centering around Baker Mayfield. He seems to be the underlying issue. And I want to know fully until the end of... I mean, I want I want to let the rest of the season play out before I really dive into this. I need I need to see him play this final season. I have my thoughts. I have, and I'm sure people probably know what I'm thinking. I expect him to be traded, but what team? I don't know. I need to wait. I don't want to make too many assumptions and then backtrack later on. Is this his last season on this current deal? Or does he still I have believe more? so. I believe this is his last season on his deal. Um, and that's the whole. I mean, that's the the the, the leading question right now. Like, is he a ten million dollar quarterback? Like, is he going to get that ten million dollars a year? You know, that's kind of the key question here. I don't think he learned enough. I don't think that he understands that it's a team effort and I don't think that uh, I don't think that he's going to succeed inside the Cleveland Browns organization another team that's on the drought right now is the Pittsburgh Steelers they stink right now. Mike Tomlin, head coach, has never has never had a losing season for almost a decade and a half, which honestly is insane. But right now, the Steelers are on some are uh, it's it's like they're cursed almost. It feels like for this season, they're, they're just bad all across the board. The game is changing so fast almost every year practically, and the fact Mike Tomlin has kept it up for this long is actually pretty impressive. Dealing with the changes, uh, sorry, the changes, injuries, roster changes, but it looks like it's coming to an end. Will they fire him if he loses this season? If you are unaware, the fans of the Steelers and the history of the team are deeply rooted together. Fans of the Steelers have said at least once, Get Tomlin out of here. And you know what? You motherfuckers are the luckiest fan base next to the Patriots of all time. Some fans have recognized that. They were like, yeah, you know what? We could be the Browns. We could be the Lions. But make no mistake, Mike Tomlin's legacy is now uh, cemented in the Steelers forever. People, 
10 years from now who love the Steelers will be will no doubtedly, sorry, be asking for another Mike Tomlin or talking about his success. But this season, when the Steelers lose, the fans are most definitely going to erupt. Um, I'm actually curious, though, because will the fans actually call for him to be fired? Will they actually just forget about his previous seasons? I mean, Chase Claypool, a Canadian wide receiver for the season, uh, for the Steelers, came out saying maybe have music playing during practice. But the problem is, well, first, I love that idea uh, of music playing. But when you're losing, everything comes to the limelight and becomes bigger than it should be. But Tomlin was asked at the end of his previous presser about it, where he said, and I quote, Claypool plays wide out, and I'll let him do that. I'll formulate the practice and approach that division of labor, I'll, I'll, and sorry, and that division, I'll practice. Jesus Christ, I can't speak today. <laughs> I'll formulate the practice, <laughs> and that division of labor is probably appropriate, which is probably the most dad response I've ever heard out of a coach. Felt like he said, "I'm the dad. If you don't take the trash out, you're grounded." That's pretty much exactly what he said, I think. But there is still a few more games of the season, so who knows what's going to happen at this point. Another team that is on the down low, and this seems to be a reoccurring theme that I want to talk about, is Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are not looking good. Do they stink? And that's no offense to the Washington football team either. I mean, the Washington football team seem to really be succeeding this season. I feel like it's been more than once where I'm saying no offense to the Washington football team. Maybe they are just an absolute uh, dumpster fire of a team this year. Maybe the Washington football team is a contender, but no one thought the Seahawks were going to be this bad. How could anyone predict they would have been this bad what is it i mean four the and eight? yeah four and eight so far this season i mean they won their game against uh the 49ers this week exactly but... yeah um i mean the what like go, going back to the washington game because that was the worst one i mean they barely got by on the previous game that just passed but i mean the washington football team stadium fedex field was literally literally leaking poo water in the suite. <laughs> for Christ's sake, if that's not a sign for a loss, I don't know what is. And the FedEx field is the shittiest field out of all 32 teams. Like, again, the Washington football team played great. Heineke looks great. The Seahawks, I don't know. But they have now, I mean, the Seahawks have now gained eight losses for the first time since Russell Wilson joined in 2012. Washington had possession for 45 minutes, which felt like 145 minutes. Washington had possession for 45 minutes. Just let that sink in. While the Seahawks had it for 18, there is definitely going to be a new team next year, that's for sure. Like, what I'm thinking, though, is since... I guess I'm expecting him to be traded. He's the franchise. So will the owner get involved? 
Because just like with the Steelers, when you're losing, everything comes to the forefront. The question here is, though, is Russell still worth two first-round picks? Is he still worth two first-round picks? Probably. Probably, but are teams willing to pay him to play for that price? Carolina paid Cam Newton $10 million for the rest of the season. I mean, the Saints, Sean Payton, they showed Sean's face right beside Russell's on the screen. And we're going to get to the Saints here in a minute, in a little bit. Um, when the commentators were having this very conversation about Russell Wilson's agent saying they have cities in mind. The Bears have, uh, what's his name, Justin Fields. But the Broncos are a possibility. Miami, now that I'm thinking about this, uh, might be a very good spot for him also. But again, maybe something will spark back up. Maybe something will happen. Maybe he'll get another chance. Who really knows? Now, very quickly on the Saints. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Taysom Hill... Um, I don't know what is going on, but it seems like he's not the QB for the Saints. Uh, they played Trevor Simeon over Taysom. Um, but, I mean, Peyton Manning came out and said all the right things about him. So I'm just confused because Sean Payton, who is actually a pretty much an, like an offensive genius... Every record, which by the way, every, like almost every single record Drew Brees has, Sean has to be attributed to. I mean, because the, back then the, the offense was absolutely crazy, but right now, I don't know. I feel like everything is just going downhill. I, I, I mean, you got RB1, RB2 out, left tackle one out, right tackle one out, wide receiver one out. Fucking QB1 out. I mean, everyone's out on the offense. I mean, Taysom jumped over a guy. Can you not make an offensive um, quarterback around that? He ran for 100 yards. I feel like I'm giving a lot... <laughs> I feel like I'm giving a lot of credit to Taysom Hill, but he, he did throw five picks. I don't want to give him too much of a leash. Like, yeah, sure... Five picks is bad, but Simeon also isn't running for 100 yards either. It feels like Taysom has to run the ball 30 times and have possession for 42 minutes to please Sean Payton. And when Kamara comes back, they probably want him to throw the ball to him. They probably just want him to throw the ball. Look, just become a running offense with Taysom Hill and Kamara and maybe a little screen game, a little a little screen action. They could succeed. I'm not saying I'm smarter than Sean Payton. Obviously, I'm not. It's just, it's just odd the decisions being made, especially with how good that defense is. I mean, there was one drive where Taysom ran it for five consecutive plays and looked great, but then he'd throw three consecutive incompletes and then be forced to punt. It was weird and crazy and confusing. For Sean Payton, it must be also weird because 
He probably knows how good the offense could be. Maybe he doesn't want to be associated with a Russian quarterback because he's old school. It's, 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 again, it's just weird because the defense could literally win games. That, that's how good this defense is. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe Peyton, uh, or maybe Sean Peyton, sorry, sees something I don't. I am not too sure. I do want to say, though, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Makes history for the Colts winning back-to-back player of the month. Uh, That would be for November and October. He's an absurd football player. A a, a crazy stud. Also, first player to win twice for the Colts. And also, this guy gets it back-to-back. Back-to-back months. Think about that. The Colts' previous players, Peyton Manning, uh, Marvin Harrison... Uh, Ed Jiren James, fucking Reggie Wayne, the list, go- uh, Dallas Clark, the list goes on and on for offensive weapons. Absolutely quite uh, crazy. Uh, so congrats to Jonathan Taylor. Maybe you were going to get it three times in a row. That would actually be, um, that would actually be absolute. That would absolutely be insane. Um, I want to quickly touch on this LSU head coach, uh, fakes an accent after one day. Of, of being I a coach this. at LSU. I saw this. What are you doing? <laughs> it, is the f- it is the funniest thing I think I've seen ever. This guy is not from Louisiana. All of a sudden, he's talking to the crowd. It, it sounds like me when I start copying uh, people from this. So, hey, 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 you know, we're going to win the games. We're going to get out there and just we're going we're gonna to do it. It is absolutely hilarious. Um, I just wanted to touch on that because I think it's kind of funny. Nothing really crazy to say. I mean, hey, if he's trying to dive right in, if Brian Kelly is that committed, fuck, you probably have a great head coach, if I'm being totally honest. I know it's funny, um, but I don't think many coaches would be willing to fake an accent (laughs) to show that they're committed to the team. Uh, Two more pieces here uh, that I would like to get into um, before we start talking about other sports. Um... The first being Antonio Brown. If you don't know him, he's a wide receiver on the Buccaneers. Played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, great guy, this guy is. He's fantastic. You know, he's you a very good guy. Do you think he remembers guy. playing for the Steelers, or is it just like <laughs> probably not uh, <laughs> deleted from his memory? But a little couple. Or a, I was going to say a little while ago, and a couple episodes ago at the same time, and it came out a little couple ago. Uh, so that was not the word I wanted to say, or the <laughs> the sentence I wanted to say. Uh, but uh, he ended up getting suspended for three games uh, for the topic we talked about a little while ago about him falsifying his vaccination card. Um, and like I also said a couple episodes ago. Um, it got revealed by the live-in chef. A few other players were also suspended. Uh, but now the chef is suing Antonio Brown to get this remaining $10,000 that is owed. Hot take here. I've said this before privately. Uh, Antonio Brown needs to be kicked out of the league. Um, I mean, I assume Tom Brady is going to send him packing after this season because of all the drama. At this point, um, I'm very positive that this guy, Antonio Brown, is the Evander Kane of the NFL. Uh, Different drama, but constantly in the news for the wrong reasons. You catch balls for a living? Why are you full of this much drama? Kids look up to you, man. 
You're catching balls. You're making tons of millions of dollars. Just play the fucking game. Is it that hard? I'm not. I don't want to be too political here, but I mean, you're in the best position you could possibly be. You have one of the biggest dream drops that you could ever be. A professional athlete. Why are you constantly? I mean, you know how simple it probably is. Uh, I mean, there's a player in the NHL that is just refusing to get it. If you didn't want to get it that bad, don't get it. But I'm glad you're suspended. I mean, it's one thing to lie about it, but it's, I don't know. I think it's a whole, don't they have, don't they have like a rule similar to the NHL where like, yeah, sure. If you can like, will respect your, your decision, but you just have to follow these specific different rules. If you're not going to get the vaccine. I think also, yeah. So I think it's kind of the same thing. I think, but you also like, if you don't get vaccinated, I think you have to be tested like three times a week or something like that. So like that's also not that bad. Like exactly. I'd rather I, I I'd rather be making the seven million dollars, eight million dollars, and be tested three times a week. I don't care. I mean I don't I don't mind getting vaccinated either, but that's a whole other different conversation. I'm not <laughs> diving into that. Um, because also one I don't give a shit. I also two don't give a shit about anyone's opinion on it. And for three I don't want to hear about it. Um, the last thing, uh, and this seems to be again something that we've been talking about for the past three episodes, but the Detroit Lions are now the best in the NFL at scoring less than consecutively in 10 games. Must be tough. Must be a tough walk into that building in and out every day. Defense has been playing all right, I guess, since they keep getting close. Hey, they won. Yeah, they we're gonna get into weekend. that. We're gonna get into that. These guys fucking suck, though. I don't think <laughs> firing, um, firing him, and by him, sorry, I mean uh, Dan Campbell, is a good idea. Despite the bad season, I do think he needs uh, to be there to build, um, what's it called? To build a culture. Because I think a new culture has to be. Um, I think a new culture has to be made. But can he? Can Dan Campbell, head coach of Detroit Lions, a.k.a. Motor City Dan Campbell, a.k.a. MCDC, can he build a new culture? I say, I say let MCDC stay and have a little bit more say in the draft. Because what else can he do? Put the pads back on, maybe? If you don't know, he previously played football, and he played for the Detroit Lions. Maybe fire Anthony Lynn, which is the offensive coordinator. Um, but what I do know, uh, MCDC needs to fire some people. Can he, though? He seems to be a, too nice of a guy. Time for Dan, Cam- uh, D- Time for Dan Campbell it seems like to put down the helmet and pick up the whistle because I mean, and as for Jared Goff, as for Jared Goff, man, this guy barely wants to throw five yards down the field. Uh, but Detroit took his contract guaranteed 20 mil next year, guaranteed 20 mil next year. This is the worst. I've said this before. He is the worst quarterback in the NFL. I don't know how this guy is on this team. I don't know how he's in the NFL. Out of all the people 
how is this guy here? He is so bad. It's it's tough to win a game, let alone also attempting 66-yard field goals. Guys, they really do have no hope. (laughs) They have no hope. Like, no free agents are going to want to sign there. No one with a trade clause is going to take a phone call and then put it, put it down and be like, yeah, you know what? Uh, let's do it. I want to go to, I want to go to, to the Detroit lions. They either need to draft like really, really, really well and hit on everybody, which is impossible because of so many reasons. One, there could be players that are only good at college ball. Two, there could be people that I don't know how to play in the NFL in that kind of limelight. And, Two, some people are three. Some people need to be developed, and 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 again, this is why they they have no hope, because if you don't hit on the players right away, to the players that okay, this guy like if Dan Campbell sees people okay, okay, this guy has a lot of a lot of potential, but I just need to work on him a little bit. I need to get him moving his feet more. I needed him doing probably all the stuff Mac Jones knows already. You know, that's what they need. They need to be able to draft a Mac Jones, but they also need to be able to draft an entire offensive line. And again, it's impossible because if you don't hit them, hit on them right away, and it takes a couple of years for them to develop, the next coach is going to have a whole bunch of different things, a whole bunch of things that he wants to do, and it's just going to be an issue that is just a bad circle. And here's the other thing, too. On the other hand... On the other end, MCDC probably deserves to be let go. Um, I cannot see him broken. If you don't know this guy, look up some videos. He's a very emotional kind of person. He's very dedicated to football. He loves the sport of football. And he also loves the Detroit Lions. Um, But I cannot see him broken, man. He seems too nice of a guy to be going through this. I mean, he's fucking aging like a politician, for Christ's sake, since he's joined the Detroit Lions. And, you know, like like Mike Tomlin said, this league ages you like dog years. I mean, if that doesn't say enough, I don't know what does. Um, but, but... Like Tyler said, the Vikings and the Detroit Lions faced off. The Vikings had it. It was there. It was all the way there. Detroit did to the Vikings what was done to them the week prior. Yep. Four seconds left. Yep. Touch down. And it was right there until the last <laughs> second on the clock. Could this be the the beginning of something great? <laughs> Maybe. Or is it but just let, something just that just happened? But let me say, on behalf on behalf of everyone here behind the boards, and by everyone here, I mean us three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're really, really incredibly happy for the Detroit Lions and the people there uh, who sat through so much shit. The Calvin Johnson curse, um, and they felt it every cold, cold winter 
when there was zero thought that the team would be playing extra football at the end of the season. It was like, hey, we're going fishing at the lake house, and it's already mid-September. You're talking seasons over quick in Detroit. No hope for a long time. This year, new head coach. Everyone is excited. Dan Campbell. Hey, man. You know, he's rejuvenating an entire franchise and city. That's why I don't think he should be fired just yet. Everyone knew it was going to be a long, long road. Well, I mean, this is his first year as a head coach. It is, yeah. So you don't get rid of a head coach halfway through or at the beginning of his first year? If you're Detroit Lions, you do. they come in, and they, they go. go. They come in, they go. I'm, I'm looking they at it right in, now. <laughs> they go. <laughs> There's nobody over the past, like, at least ten years that have lasted longer than four years. Yeah, they come in and go. And then he came in. And like I said, it's been a long, long road. Um. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, I mean, everyone knew it was going to be a long, long road, and which it has. Um, and on those ba- on that back road, uh, with no lights, probably, uh, full of potholes and probably barely any concrete, <laughs> um, that's what it's been like for the Detroit Lions. That's how it is. Uh, you know, you trade away Matthew Stafford now, who's you know, playing really well on the L.A. Rams. Get the fuck out of town. He didn't want to be here. Understandable. We stunk. We will pick up this guy who's been to the Super Bowl. Uh, But, no, we will build around this guy. There was no way Detroit Lions fans thought that they were going to see a win by Week 13 against Mike Zimmer's what was happening on defense Vikings. I think that's the best way to put it. The Lions have stunk, but yesterday and today are the Lions' day. By the way, uh, I just realized this. This is their first win in 364 days. <laughs> <laughs> Almost a oh year. <laughs> this, oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that kind of concludes it off for uh, the, the NFL stuff here. But kind of in the same way, I guess, a team that's, I guess you could easily compare, even though you know we're going from one sport to the next, from the Detroit Lions, is not the Toronto Maple Leafs. What? No. <laughs> but the fucking Vancouver Canucks, who are in such turmoil, and I, hey, Last episode, I gave a hot take saying that this team will never win a Stanley Cup for the time that all three of us on here are going to be alive. There is no fucking shot. The team is so bad. Like, same thing with the Detroit Lions. When you look at the Vancouver Canucks, there is so much tied up in cap that you can't do anything. You physically cannot do anything. Jared Goff, quarterback of the Detroit Lions, has like a... A $30 million contract, how do you get out of that? Well, there's two, there's three ways. He either A, dies, uh, B, God. decides to retire, or C, for some reason, someone wants him, but no one is going to want him because he sucks. And who does that sound like? Well, Tyler said it last episode, <laughs> OEL, okay? <laughs> this team is so tied up, both of them, in cap, that there's just no reason 
for oh them to even exist. And also, too, another thing, quickly going on to the uh, back on the Detroit Lions, people joked around. I want to say this. People joked around, hey, how about we move this fucking team out of Detroit? And then all of a sudden it became not a joke because it was like, hey, this is the NFL. What the fuck is going on here? Um, but, I mean, who really knows what's happening? I mean, you're playing, in, again, two of the biggest leagues. And I, this is one of the things I was talking about last episode. I don't understand how there are teams that are this bad, with this bad of decision-making. Because, realistically, the only way for this... Like, if the NHL had a bank, uh, Vancouver would be so deeply in debt. And the only thing they would have to do is just claim bankruptcy. Get rid of everyone and start all over again and maybe Nova Scotia. Because that seems to be the only kind of hope. And I understand, hey, listen, you know, but some, some bad choices were made. I mean, they brought in Benning for a two-year rebuild that's taken eight years. Now, here's the best part. He's gone now. Thank the Lord. Vamos. Yeah. Get out of here. I, Coach. Like, we've been, we've been talking about this for, like, I know the show's been, like, short-lived, but I, I personally have been talking about this guy being gone for at least four years now. Yeah. He should be gone. He should have been gone so much, so far ago. <laughs> it's it's insane. Like again, as I like we talked last last show about how Mark Bergevin was with the Canadians for way too long. Way too long. And the writing was on the wall. You know, just like in Chamber of Secrets. But now the writing was on the wall of Jim Benning's office. Travis Green's office. Not only did they get rid of Jim Benning. They got rid of the assistant GM too, didn't they? They got rid of they... Travis Green, who was their head coach, and their assistant GM, and the assistant coach as well. They cleaned house. Yes, Taylor was right. They, they were doing a full front office cleanup. I don't think I've ever seen that in the NHL. Have you guys? Uh, they did it when the Leafs did the rebuild. When the Leafs started their rebuild back in uh, 2014 or 2015. Um, they, like they, they, hired, they, fired they got rid of everybody except for the head coach. They fired oh, the yeah, head yeah. coach halfway into the next season. Randy Carlisle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jim Benning should not have been there, as I was saying last episode, for as long as he was. This guy should never be handling a team at this point. If if no. if he if, if any team is looking for a GM, this guy should be at the bottom of the barrel. Um, he, there. he stinks. He's only good at drafting. Like look I, at look at the he, look at the people he's drafted. Look at the people he's drafted. Pedersen, Yulevi, like all all these decent players that are in the organization now. Obviously, he's drafted them, and he was an assistant GM in Boston prior. My my thing with Pedersen is: is he actually good? I mean, how long has it been? This season, we have his doubts. We have doubts this season. Is he just yeah, is it just yeah. because the team is in shambles? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I could be both. I, I just don't think. You know, I remember there was a while back. Someone like that in every single fucking draft class. I'm sick and tired of fucking hearing. Oh, the, the next Gretzky. 
know what? I'll be sort of saying the next Ovechkin because there's going to be no other fucking player that's going to be like that ever again. Let's just be really fucking honest. Like, let alone Wayne fucking Gretzky. And as for their new head coach, which I think is, uh, what's the name? Bruce Boudreaux or Boudreaux or whatever? Bruce um, Boudreaux. Yeah, Bruce Boudreaux. like him either. I don't think he's a very good coach. I think he is one of those fucking people that is like, I don't want to, I don't want to say old school because it doesn't sound like that's the kind of person. He sounds like, from what I have read about him from the past and him coaching other teams is this guy is a my way or no way kind of guy. And I feel like he also didn't want to coach. It feels like he didn't want to coach. And then it was just like, okay, I'll just fucking take the job. That's, I feel like his kind of attitude. I think, uh, and uh, I, I want, I want Tyler or uh, sorry, Taylor's take on, on this coach also, but I think Every team, and again, this is what I what, what I was talking about earlier. Why would you not tr- want to strive for success? I highly doubt he was the best option for this team. Now, was it? Be- did they pick him up because of money? I don't know. But I think every team should be striving to get a coach. And again, I talk about him a lot, but there's a reason. There should be two options for every team that the kind of coach that you want. And that's either Barry Trotz or... Uh, John Cooper. And I'm sorry, you should want no other kind of coach. Barry Trotz is a very dedicated kind of coach where he puts all of his effort in and he does not care if you are a star player or not. He's benched Ovechkin. He's the one who brought the Washington Capitals to where they are right now. Then John Cooper, longest standing coach in a franchise ever. And it's showing. You know, Maybe maybe that's because you need a GM like, you know, Yeiserman or Breeze Bois or something like that. But at the end of the day, you should still be striving for that kind of coach. You, sh- you should be striving for that kind of commitment to the team. This Boost Boudreaux guy, he's been on so many fucking teams. It doesn't even matter at this fucking point. He's and here's the teams. thing. He was on, I talked about the Washington Capitals. He was on the Washington Capitals, and he was a shitty fucking coach. Yeah, from 2007 to 2012, he coached Washington. And, he and was I'm pretty fired. sure he got he replaced. fired halfway through his tenure in his last season in Washington and picked up by Anaheim probably like two games later. I'm, and I'm pretty sure, well, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure he was also replaced by Barry Trotz. That sounds like around the right time. Am I not, or am I mistaken? I don't have the Washington Capitals right in front of me right now. Um, um, but I'm pretty sure that's very close because if you and I started hanging out around 2013, 14, I'm pretty sure that's when pretty sure that's when Barry Trotz joined. Um, Adam Oates replaced him until 2014-15, which is when Barry Trotz joined the team. Okay, yeah, okay, that makes more sense. But yeah, Taylor, what do you think of uh, Boost Boudreaux? I mean, when I, the moment I said he was a shitty coach, I mean, you immediately uh, agreed with me by your facial expression there. I'm just kind of curious what, what your hot take is. Yeah, he was in... Where did he start? In Anaheim? Anaheim. And then went to Washington? No, Washington, and then he went to Anaheim. 
yeah, he was a Washington. Oh, coach so he first. started in Washington. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think the, the, I don't know, like it's just weird. I I don't think him being, like, I don't th- was that like the best option that they could have come with? Like, That's doesn't what I'm doesn't seem like it's and a good in, choice. He's signed for two years. It's not just that. It's not just he's taking over for this year. He's taking over for this season and next. Let me tell you right now, he's going to be fired before his two years is up. He's a shitty coach. He is, and I'm sorry. He look what he did on the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. Well, he couldn't make it past the Arg- game seven. Let, let Let me tell you right now, the Anaheim Ducks look fantastic right now. They look Absolutely pretty good. unreal. Sick. And he would have never been able to get that kind of success in Anaheim. There's no way him coaching the way he does would have brought Anaheim the kind of success. Like I said, it feels like he didn't even want the coaching job in the first place. And they were like, Hey, why don't you coach? And he was like, all right, sure. Fine. Blah, 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 blah. And just sort of giving out random stupid orders. Like that's how it feels like. I don't feel like he was a, he, he's a dedicated person in leading a team like that. I feel like maybe he wanted to be a player and, uh, well, he did Maybe play. he just really sucked. Let me tell you right now, Randy Carlisle probably would have been a better option oh, for, oh my God. for this team than, than this guy. But at the end of the like, let's, let's be real, and I know you guys don't like him, uh, but I'm, I, I really believe he would have had a – Randy Carlisle was bad, but I think he was bad for the Leafs. Well, because he coached Anaheim to a Stanley Cup. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It could have been a little bit of a a better situation for, Ran- for, for Randy coming to Vancouver. He's kind of used to the whole rebuild kind of thing going on that's happening. I mean, I, Anaheim kind of went through that while he was there. And I think that was, what, through 2015? to what last year or the year before yeah something like that i know he was let go i think a couple seasons ago or last season or something like that but the team wasn't that good at the time no no but he could have some success he could have had some some, uh some 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 jesus some success (laughs) (laughs) man you're all uh, over talking today oh man oh my god i know uh but yeah i mean Bruce Boudreaux, though, fuck. Yeah, good luck. We're going to be seeing him on the on the front page of The Athletic or Sportsnet. I can't wait to I can't wait to see clips of him screaming down the bench, swearing yeah. up a storm. That's like one of the best parts. Like him and John Tortorella. Yo, if Vancouver picked up Tortorella, like there's an option nice. there too. That would have been a better choice. <laughs> exactly. Like so many better understand. choices than him. I don't. Again, yeah. the only reason why I'm thinking they got him is because of money. I had to have been because of money. Yeah. Has to Unless they see something in his coaching style that they like and think that they could fix the team, that'd be the only thing. But I, I don't know. I think there's better options out there. That's for sure. Um. Yeah, um, I I would just say like on the note of teams, wouldn't you much have? Sorry to cut you off, Tyler, <laughs> but wouldn't you much rather have even the 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 Montreal Canadiens' old head coach? 
Uh, oh my god, what was his name? Are you, although I know there was like two Claude or something. Yeah, Claude, Claude Julian. Julian, that's it. Yeah, I mean, you could go for that too. Um, like, I feel like he would have been better. Like, yeah, sure, you know, he didn't bring much success to the Montreal Canadiens. Not the Canadiens, but he has tenure with Boston. Exactly. Yeah. And he had tenure with the Canadians prior to his tenure in Boston because he was that was his second run with Montreal. Very weird. But yeah, sorry. Weird. Um, I was just gonna move on and say on another note of of teams letting go of their uh, coaches is uh, the Flyers fired Alain Vigneault today. Um, yeah. after an eight ten and four record starting off the year, eight game losing streak for the Flyers. Pack of shit. Get out. See you later. Yeah, but I I think them firing right after like Tampa Bay. Like, did they re- like they might as well just have fired him beforehand? I felt like it was just like a kind of gimmick. Like, what? Oh, if you win against Tampa Bay, you're not gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Win against Tampa Bay. Like you might like. I felt like it was just like, oh, okay, you know what? Sure, fine, fuck it. Just stay for one more game. Like, what was the point of keeping him around against Tampa? It made no sense. Unless maybe they wanted to find like someone very quickly uh like immediately at but again you could have did that beforehand uh the game prior to tampa i mean i think I tampa know. like shit pumped them seven seven one, one. seven oh one my god yeah i, I guess but, that makes uh sense. yeah now they've got their uh now they've got their interim mike uh, interim head coach mike yo who last coached i believe it was san jose or not san jose st louis i think was his last uh coaching gig Head coaching gig, yeah. He uh, last head coached for St. Louis uh, for 2017 to 2020, um, or at least so he, he was supposed. To, he was supposed. No, he was supposed oh. to, but he got fired um, two years after he uh, started head coaching. Um, so we'll see how uh, how this goes. We got a couple uh, teams now that have already let go of their coaches. Um, it's crazy to see that, like. Well, another team that's going that's been kind of on like the the weird route is the Montreal Canadiens, letting people go and you know after getting rid of uh, Mark Bergevin, which now Patrick Patrick Wall was interested in the GM <laughs> position. Like, yeah, I'll do it. How fucking funny would that be? Him texting fucking other. Give me your fucking players, you fuck or some <laughs> shit. Or, <laughs> like I think, oh man, I've always said Patrick. Like Patrick Roy is one of like the the funniest fucking people. I think it'd be great to see him just like answering presser questions about the fucking team. Hey, just let me fucking deal with the team. You guys fucking handle your fucking. So newspaper. so uh, so, Mister Wa, how do you how do you feel about your off season so far? Why don't you go fuck yourself, bud? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pro- probably feel like how that's how, how all that's gonna go. You'll find um, out when you find out. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. I'm I'm also curious to know how bad of a shape the Montreal Canadiens are in. Like, are, are they letting on, and how um, good or bad they're in? Well, well, I think they're like bottom three of the league. Yeah, they're they're one of the bottom teams in in Canada for sure. Uh, they just lost to Nashville over the weekend. Um. Again, they're on. They're two seven and one in their last ten. How does that? Does that answer your question? Basically, sums it up. <laughs> like this bad. team's. This team's rough. Um, yeah. they've got very few bright spots. 
with what's going on this season. And I understand the Canadians fans are pissed. I get it. Oh, but also tough, at the too. same um, but also at the same time, you got to look at the circumstances. You guys are missing your two best players essentially. With Weber out until the end of the season, possibly his career being over and then Carey Price, I read today is not looking to play any games before the end of December. What do you expect? Who you got net after Jake Allen? Like, who's their... Montembo? Yeah, they've got Montembo and Primo up as their second and third goalie because Price is out. These guys stink. What do you expect from your backup goalies? That's tough, especially with, with Price being out. I think that's that's their biggest hit right there is Price being out. Obviously, Weber doesn't help being out either, but two huge keys on that team are just not not there. Like all three of your goalies have more than a th- have the the best goals against average is three point oh one by Jake Allen. So he's letting in at least three goals per game on average this season so far. The guys started nineteen games. You got a nine oh seven save percentage. You're not looking at a a good back end there. Hmm. It's not. Why don't they pick up a goalie then? Like what? Why, it, why would I? Why would I pick up Price? And that's that's the thing. Is if I'm Montreal, why would I pick up a goalie when I've got Price coming back soon? Yeah, but is <laughs> is Price staying? That's the whole thing. Is like, like you think you like, think about here, it. If... Here... I was gonna say <laughs> you. I was, I was gonna say here. Here's the thing. If they hadn't had Carey Price in the playoffs that they should not have been in, would they have gone as far as they did? Like, would they have lost out against Toronto? Absolutely. Uh, or would they have lost out against what, who they faced second? The Islanders? Winnipeg. No, it was Winnipeg. Um, like, would they have lost out against Winnipeg? Like, I really believe Price is what got them through there because he is Absolutely. a playoff goalie. Is Jake Allen... A playoff goalie. Not a chance. Absolutely not. I feel like getting rid of Jake Allen would probably be your best bet. Um, And looking desperately uh, for a new goalie. But here's the thing. There's no... (laughs) I feel like with goalies, you need to be... Like, it's hard. It's really hard, I think, for teams to be like, Hey, listen, we need a goalie. Let's draft one. And then that drafted goalie is what? Starting the same amount of games that Price is? That's not going to happen. You can't. You need to have – exactly. You can't You can't do it. You need to have that kind of buildup for not only your team but other teams to be like, oh, fuck, okay. Like Vasilevsky, best goalie in the league right now, bar none. It's not even a fucking contest at this point, I don't think. Um, maybe he's not the best right now in this particular moment. Uh, but, again – I don't think that fucking matters. But he didn't play until 2015, and I think he got drafted like two years before that, if I'm not mistaken. And the only, re- only reason why he played is because Ben Bishop got hurt. Yep. Yeah. That's the only reason why. So I feel like with having a goalie and then needing one is a very different kind of ball game that you're playing because it's risky. It's really, really, really risky. But I do think 
uh, that they definitely need a new goalie. Goalies uh, always develop later than like players. Like skaters, yeah. defensemen, they always exactly. develop um, exactly. quicker than goalies. Like you can look at someone like Jack Campbell, for example. He didn't really get like a good start with his career. Like obviously, he was drafted in two thousand and ten, I believe it was. And he played one game with the team that drafted him in, in Dallas. Uh, yeah, he was drafted 11th overall in 2010 um, by the Stars. He played one game for them. Um, and then he didn't really get somewhat of a decent start afterwards until he started playing in L.A. Um, so he was drafted in 2010. He didn't get his first starting position until like 2018-19 when he was splitting with uh, Quick. That's a long yeah. time. Yeah, it is. You don't get a lot of goalies that come in like Carey Price who come in the league three years after they're drafted or two years after they're drafted and start playing the way that they're playing. You got someone like Carter Hart in Philly who's a great goalie who could be for uh, Team Canada. It's very rare where you get play in goalies that come out and are so good this early in their career. Yeah, Spencer Knight's another one for Florida. Yes, yes. Spencer Knight is a great uh um, yeah. Example. Yeah, young I've, kid, I've, and nice. I, I really believe, I really believe drafting for goalies is super fucking hard. Very. Yeah, I, I, I have, think so. I, I think you have to be either a really lucky, or you need to spend at least one, maybe two years of scouting on on the kid. Like I'm sure the Montreal scouted Carey Price for a long time. Before they really were like, okay, let's force a loss here of the season. I remember and, when he uh, was uh, when he was drafted too. Every all the uh, all the people who were like all the reporters and all the insiders were like, why are you drafting him so high? This guy's a goalie. Yeah. Why are you drafting a goalie so high? And now look at him. Yeah. He's the best goalie in the league when he's healthy mm-hmm. and yeah, when, when he's playing, playing and when he's playing healthy and when he's in like those win now scenarios that's when he plays his best yeah yeah we it saw it this last Toronto season series we saw it this last pl- this playoffs yeah. they played like garbage going into the playoffs and then all of a sudden they just he just put the team on his back and carried them to a stanley cup final yeah and, and, and a weird thing too about that team is patch came out and was saying that everyone has a shelf life on that team Carey Price, still there. It's interesting. Yeah, it's weird to think about those kind of like statements that uh, players say afterwards after they leave um, teams. Um, yeah. Especially Pacioretty, for someone who was there for the amount of time he was and the um, the fact that he was captain, too. Um, yeah. that's, that's a really heavy thing to say about your former team. Um. It is. And, uh, yeah, I just I feel like it'd be really interesting to see how that those comments kind of play out um, in the coming future when they end up do playing Montreal, like in Montreal from now on. Every time I think of Pacioretty, I think of the hit that Chara gave. Oh, my God. Him, where his head snapped off the boards there. Oh. I, shit was dangerous, that's the reason why Every... they curve. That's the reason why they curve the boards at those corners now. Because they used yeah. to be yep. straight, straight, straight corners, and now, yeah. and now they're curves. Because he... Busted his neck. He could have fu- Well, he almost fucking died. He like, could have died. Yeah, that was yeah. bad. What? Like, it could price. I mean, like with that, like 
for the shelf life that comment by Pacioretty there, I think how could you like not want Carey Price there? Like that's like, he's obviously not the problem there in Montreal. You know what I mean? Like he's one of the greatest goalies, like we've said when he's playing and healthy and it's, he's proved it in the last playoff series there last year, like carrying the team directly to a Stanley cup final. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just can't, I don't think I could see him leaving Montreal at all. Like, I don't think they'll ever trade him or get rid of him at any point unless he wants out himself. Exactly. And even that, I, I have a hard time believing that he will leave. I also but, find it would be difficult for a team to even consider picking him up with his cap hit. And his yeah, age. that's the other thing. Huge cap hit. I don't expect him to be playing in the next one or two seasons. You think he's going to retire or something's going to cause him to be out? Yeah, I've It's rare. It's I mean, he was cake. skating he, he he was skating recently um without his goalie gear. Yeah. And I don't know, when I was watching it, I just got this feeling like, "Ooh, I think this guy's done." I think he has probably maybe the rest of this season in him. Maybe one more and then that's going to be it. Think and he I goes think to the maybe, Olympics? No. No, I I don't think so. I think he... I think he endured the Montreal fans long enough. And I think that that's kind of... I've watched him not as much as Montreal Canadian fans, but I think I've watched him a fair amount where you can see his progression, but then also his decline. Where he starts getting really pissed off things um starts yelling uh starts hitting players back and like doing all this crazy thing i think now i'm sure that he's probably had the conversation with his wife where he's like hey let's just do our amazon promos and uh color quits because uh this is all i can handle now because it's just ridiculous and i wouldn't be blaming him the fans in Montreal are absolutely fucking insane. Um, I would argue that they're more intense than Toronto Maple Leaf fans. I, I, I would of, absolutely agree. By a tenfold. Because um, they either hate you or love you. It doesn't matter who. And, uh, yeah, I get this feeling, not to repeat my, keep repeating myself, but I keep getting this feeling where I would not be surprised if uh, Carey Price says, hey, listen, you know what? It's been a hell of a fucking ride, but um, I want to start doing pottery. See ya. And just fucking hit the road. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think Montreal should seriously be looking at goalies right now. I think that is what they need for sure. Jake Allen is not going to bring you a Stanley Cup. Jake Allen, unfortunately, right now is a backup goalie. Maybe with a couple more years. He'll be able to either a find a team that has amazing players and people just think he's good, or maybe he reaches his prime. And uh, yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think Carey Price is in this league for much longer. He I, he'll be out before Ovechkin is. Let me just say that. Wow, Ooh, hot take. That's a hot take. Um, it is. I mean, I will say, uh, 
Jake Allen was on the Stanley Cup winning team with St. Louis um, and then played the season afterwards before he went to Montreal um, in that trade. And I understand why Montreal got him because they needed somebody to kind of loosen the load off of Price because Price was playing too many games and had nobody behind him to back him up. So that's why they traded for him and signed him to that extension. Yeah. But, I mean, they're paying, I think, close to $15 million in two goalies. That's, like, that's insane. Um, Jake Allen's getting five mil. It's, like, 14. It's, like, four and a half. And then, like, Price is making ten and a half. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, he is. It's it's a lot in goalies. Jeez. It's it's a rough situation in Montreal when it comes to goalies, and I understand that they've got that. Like, I understand that it's difficult right now for the fans. Like they're throwing jerseys on the ice now. Um, people are getting frustrated. Um, it's completely justified. I get it, but at the same time, I will say that last season was. A Cinderella story, if anything, because that team was not that good. They just weren't. Yeah, that was the luckiest thing they could ever have. Yeah, and I think it was also the worst thing that could have happened to that team. Both seasons, last season and the one before, with the bubble playoffs, they shouldn't have even been in those playoffs. Then they got all hot-headed and they thought, "Oh my God, like look at us." Then they made it last season because of the way that the playoff format was. And then they ran through the Canadian division and they ran through Vegas just to get stomped by Tampa. I don't know. I think it was just like there was no way. There was no way that once they made it to the final that they were going to get through Tampa. No, not not Tampa. You think they could have won against the Islanders? Because that was the other team, right? Yes, I do. Um, Not, the Islanders are no more though. That's no. that's what I mean. Is like the Islanders. I I don't understand what is going on in the island right now. The eleven game losing streak. We think we thought that the Flyers were bad. Oh my god. Uh, that's These, weird. This Islanders team is on an eleven game losing streak. It's officially been one month since they last won a game. That's nuts. It was against the Winnipeg Jets. Um. They're last in the NHL in goals scored, and they're averaging less than two goals per game at only one one point eight nine per per game. That's second last. Only Arizona is scoring less per game at one point seven nine. But who's surprised with Arizona there? Um, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, they they just got their. I thought maybe it was because they were on the road, you know, and then they had like they've had now a couple weeks playing some games at home, and they still suck. Yeah, I I don't know what the Islander like. Oh, I I just heard that they play such boring defensive hockey, and that's that's what I mean. Is like Barry Trotz is, is like this great coach and everything, and they had such an amazing run last last season just to get to the conference final again. Yeah, yeah. Play Tampa again in the conference final. That's two years in a row now where you play Tampa in a row in a in a game seven situation or a all or nothing situation in um. The playoffs and to just come out of it this bad in the new season yeah, i don't i don't good. understand 
Yeah, it's another. It's just like a lot of weird. What a weird start to the season. This like season teams is have so weird. Yeah, no business of being in the places that they're in, and I don't know. It's such a weird start, but I'm here for it. So exactly, it's. I've always said it's good to see different teams because I was I was getting so sick like in the in the uh, mid 2010s how it was like always like Chicago versus L A and like Pittsburgh oh, versus God. New York and crap like yeah. this and like Boston, all these like. In Boston too, all these like the same three or four teams rolling into the conference into the Cup final every year, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, especially that Chicago run, it was just like every year almost. These guys were in the final. Um, so it's nice to see these new teams in, but like, man, like five, ten, and five. I understand they've only played twenty games, but these Islanders, like, what happened? Yeah. What happened? Yeah, it was pretty bad. I, I I don't understand. One goal away, one goal away from beating Tampa and getting into the into the Cup final. Two years in a row. Jeez, that's no good. And, and now you're here, bottom of the Metro, bottom of the league. I mean, good for you. Maybe you'll get a good pick, and then it'll come right back up. But like. Uh, just tank for Shane Wright. <laughs> Honestly. Like every other team's doing. Exactly. That's at the bottom. Um, I just want to touch on something that um, over here on Le- in Leafland. Um, Marner's been out over the weekend. Um, I don't know if you saw what was going on, Taylor. He um, sustained an injury during practice um, a few days ago yep. uh, with a collision with Muzzin. Marner took the brunt of it. We still haven't heard yet as to what's wrong with him. Um, and we don't know if he's going to be back on Tuesday. Um, Great. Love that. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's rough here in Leafland now. Um, considering what happened over the past couple games, Taylor, did you catch any of the games over the weekend? Uh, a little bit. Of, I was a little bit in on the, the mini game when they played Minnesota there. I was going a little bit back and forth. Um from what I saw, it was a good game. Exciting. They came back to force OT and then the shootout and end up losing in the shootout. No, that overtime so. was unreal, though. Like it was back and I forth. Was. I, I, it was electric. Yeah. Um, I can say, I can say firmly, like Minnesota is playing really well this season. Um, they've always been kind of a team that's like, I don't know if they're going to be good this year or whatnot. But since they got Kaprizov, like this guy's unreal. Every time he it's had the so puck, sick. I was, get, I was like, oh, buddy, don't even, don't. Don't. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple things that I wanted to pull in from that night. Um, Mike Felino takes that route, goes along the outside, and completely runs over Campbell in the net uh, near the end of, I, th- I believe it was the third period. I don't know if I saw that. Um, the refs don't see it. It was a blatant goalie interference call. And there was no call. Um, this guy takes a route that there's no way to avoid the goalie. A guy comes flying down the left wing. Maybe that's why there was no call? Because there was no way to avoid the goalie? Don't go I've, that route. I've seen calls that have gone I've seen, like, I've like seen against. Calls, and... I've seen this thing that can get called before. And yeah. I'm sorry, but if you're 
if you're the puck carrier and you run into a goalie like that, if you're the ref, you see this. You see this play happening. There's no way you don't call this. So why? Did it oh, look like man. a purposeful thing? He could he could have gone a different route. Um, I will say there is one thing. I feel like there was a little bit of, there was lacking of gap control um, on the Leafs side. I feel like they could have pushed him out to the outside a bit more, maybe forced him to the boards, and maybe have him go around the net instead of running into Jack. But still, come on, like these refs. Nick was saying it about football. I'm going to say it about NHL because it happens in every single sport. These refs stink. They do fucking stink. I, I don't understand. And, like, again, this wasn't even the worst of it. Sunday are night. Are the NHL refs, are they hired by the NHL or are they part yeah. of a different thing? Like the NFL refs, uh, they're not part of the NFL organization. I believe that they're actually Pretty included sure. with the, with the uh, NHL and they're yeah. also included in the um, – the players association because they're technically on the ice so they need to be protected by something so i believe they have their own their own type of players association as well that's a good question though i might have to look that up later Hmm. um but as i was saying this wasn't even the worst of it sunday night the leafs and jets battle each other like it's a medieval fucking times and the refs were garbage then too i missed that game i gotta watch that though Oh my God! Seen the clips of it, but oh my yeah, God! Yeah, there, like... there's this one clip that I saw. Dubois has Matthews from behind, and they wrestle on the ice, and the refs just stand there and Standing fucking there. watch. I saw that, yeah. And then what I heard it was offside, doing? offsetting penalties with that. Yeah, offsetting. Matthews can't Ow! do shit. <laughs> exactly. You had a guy crawling on you all over you, like a, you had a monkey on your fucking back here, and this guy's calling like, ah, yeah, you know, I uh, you were. Yeah, you go to totally the box Matthews too, fault. like <laughs> absolutely, Matthew. Oh my fault. god, that makes no sense. Like these, oh, I don't know these refs, man. Like next, now I next don't know. you got fucking Neil Pionk. This fucking guy goes knee on knee with Sandine. Sandine gets helped off the ice after the hit. I did see that. Um, that's kind of weird. I was we were just talking about the knee on knee hits a little while ago. Yeah. No, it happens all the fucking time. And this is just insane. You got... This guy goes knee-on-knee knee with Sandine. Sandine gets helped off the ice. He's now... Um, they had an over-the-phone hear- hearing uh, this afternoon, and uh, he's been suspended for two games. Uh, Sandine out for two to three weeks. Yeah. Um, first reported Big by loss, uh, actually. Chris Johnson of the STPN. Um, yeah, absolutely. This guy's been killer. On defense this season. Absolutely stepping up. Um, great on the second PP. I feel like him and Riley have been switching out on the first PP as well to kind of get some, you know, different movement and stuff. I feel like he's been a huge part. <laughs> yeah. He's been a huge part of this team. Um, and it sucks to see him down, but I'm glad it's only for two to three weeks. It could have been so much worse. You guys are children. It, it, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's so, it's so annoying that... Like that happened, and it, it, like Sandine is missing time. Like that, that drives me up the wall. Like that guy, Sandine's been nothing but good since the beginning of the season, and to to lose him like that, that sucks. Like that really sucks. And uh, now we got to see more Justin Hall, which I'm, wow, can't yeah, wait. Honestly, because like <sighs> Hate you're gonna guy. have Justin Hall, because yeah, now that Sandine's out, you're gonna have Justin Hall in, and then maybe Dermot, Dermot comes in and. Like, 
it kind of possibly opens a spot for Lilligren to play a little bit more and see how he plays out because he's been playing pretty decently as well when he's had some chances to get in, but he's been out for like what a few like a like a week or so I think now. Yeah, so he he'll just probably a healthy see more scratch. Ice time. So maybe he'll see some ice time, which will be nice. Um, but it That'd comes really off good. of a terrible fucking play by uh, uh, Pionk. Um, not to be um, forgotten about is um, Justin Joseph Wall. Yeah, no. Joseph Joseph Wall. Joseph Wall yeah. was uh, was in net this game. This is the second half of a back-to-back. He gets clipped by Dubois in the head when he's out playing the puck. Now, I will say it's a stu- I still I believe, in my personal opinion, if you're a goalie, don't go that far out of the net. Um, he was, like, at the hash marks. And he gets... He tries to poke check, and then he goes to, like, kind of bump it with his glove, and Dubois just clips him in the head with his knee. So... Again, as I said, like this, this, this game got out of hand so quickly. Um, game management is such a problem in the NHL with these refs. Um, I'm so sick and tired of these makeup calls. Oh, you get like as I was saying, because um, in the game against Minnesota, there was that missed call against Jack, and then there was like a really, really, really soft call, a slashing call, I think, in overtime that was um, called against yeah. the um, Minnesota. against Minnesota. Um, it was a weak call. Yes, it was a slash, but I know I understand why Minnesota fans were mad. But the refs need to just call the fucking rules. If a player is breaking the rules, just call the fucking penalties, man. Yeah, we we, I, we yeah. we've talked about it. At people have talked about it at great lengths about how all last playoffs. In the four games that they played, McDavid didn't draw a penalty. Are you fucking kidding me? Connor McDavid doesn't draw a penalty in four games of playoff hockey. Refs, you're fucked. What happens to the rule book? Is there two? Whoa, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. Whoa! That scared me. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't fucking get it, man. Uh, didn't he get? Didn't McDavid get game misconduct the other night? Or was it last night? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He got for um, a check from behind. Mm-hmm, yeah. That seemed um, a little, little weak, but I don't know. I didn't get too much of a good look on it. So neither did I. Um, I just, I don't know how it's going on with other teams. I just know that the past couple games with the Leafs has been a fucking joke. Um, these refs need to relax. Um. Austin Matthews was talking about how the entire last period of play last night against the Jets wasn't even hockey. It got absolutely out of control so quickly. I don't know if you saw the clip of Logan Stanley. I hate that Jets. guy. This guy is such, such a fucking plug. You're on the fucking third line of defense in, in the uh, in the Jets organization. And you're, you don't even throw a punch in. You didn't even win the fight. And you're acting like you won... Uh, fucking belt a gold and wrestling. medal. Yeah, like what I, are you fucking doing? Get off the ice. This guy's such a loser, man. That's so that's <laughs> like what do you like? Honestly, I don't understand. Like, cause I saw a clip. I saw a couple of clips, and Wayne Simmons was running around, and he he gave a brutal cross check. I don't know who it was <laughs> to, but yeah, was... that was a wicked cross check. And he was going around. He gave another guy a shot, and then 
the refs called the play because of the penalty or whatever, and Logan Stanley was skating by, and, and Simmons tried to get with him, and this guy's just skating away like a big baby. But then all of a sudden, at the last whatever it was, at the end of the third the last, there, like, he comes in, jumps. They get into that huge fucking scrum, and then he just starts, like, yeah, starts jumping. Throwing on. hands and shit, and, like... He doesn't even land a punch. Yeah, it does, and then he just walks away like he's he's the champion now. Like, I don't understand. That's that's to me like that's like this says so much about your character. Like, you're such a loser for doing that. Like, if he drilled his, if you actually fought him, and then <laughs> won the fight and get the crowd to get into the crowd, then fine, sure, all to you. But like, oh, so you're up six three in a game. You're up six. Yeah, exactly. Another thing. You're up six three. And you you Come beat, on. jump a guy or jump in the scrum. Oh, I don't know. It's it's so dumb. Like that's to me that's just idiotic. Um, Maybe he was trying to go opinion. for the Gordy hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> was it that the, uh, the the goal goal assist uh, goal and assist fight. in a fight? <laughs> Gordy Howe hat trick. Um, last thing that came from this game too, again, like this game was completely out of hand. Jason Spezza kneeing. That's it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know who it was. Um, I think it was Pionk. It was. I think yeah. he need Pionk in the face. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's going to have an in-person hearing. So we're looking at mo it's supposed to be tomorrow. So minimum five, minimum games. of five games, which sucks. So Spezza has been playing great, but you know what? Yeah. He had a big Fuck game in Minnesota. Oh, huge game. Yeah. Buddy scores two goals to bring us close. Yeah, and an assist, 3.9. Unreal. This guy oh, has turned yeah. back the clock. Who who does yeah. this guy think he is? Ovi? <laughs> who scored right, 750 let's, let's this past week? <laughs> that's, another, that's a team that's good. Like, Washington Capitals are playing great right now. They're playing really freaking good. and that's, But I think everyone is just riding that, that wave – that's coming with Ovechkin. Just ha everyone's just having fun. No one's really giving a shit. I think everyone just, I think everyone on that team just wants him to beat the record now. Like everyone's like, okay, screw the Stanley Cup. Let's just get him to the, to the record. I can't I believe. I cannot believe that this 36 year old man has 30 and has 40 points in 20 games played this season. Yeah. Who is this guy? <laughs> a fucking animal. And you know what's funny? Uh, right now, you know he has more points than uh, Sidney Crosby altogether. Oh, that's great! Like that's insane. <laughs> more points than Sidney Crosby from all the seasons. It's together. crazy. He's he's a uh, he's only two points, and then, like I'm talking like the game that's going on right now. He's already got an assist in this game that's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. But he's <laughs> he's only two points behind McDavid. Yeah. And, like, Ovi started slow. <laughs> he started, like, fairly slow for the first couple games, and then he's like, all right, I'm going to put the team on my back, though. Yeah, I don't know what is going on with this guy, man. He, uh... <laughs> I can't... I don't even... It's, uh... I feel like he's just got injected with the super serum from Captain America or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> I feel there's, like, no stopping him. I, I, he's on pace to score 65 goals. What? You're 36 years old. You should be on your on your come down. You know, maybe you hit second line. You're just enjoying the team. You're just enjoying playing the game, and you're on pace to score 65 goals. Are you fucking kidding me? Fucking Jesus! Unreal! Uh, absolutely insane. 
Um, Absolutely insane. That guy's the best goal scorer, man. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Uh, Where does he sit uh, now? He's third. Sorry, in the all-time. In the third. He's third now, I believe. And uh, he just passed 750, so... Nick, you've got this note about Campbell that I really wanted to kind of get into a discussion with. Uh, what's that note? Bring it up. Um, you were saying you were think that uh, Jack Campbell deserves a break. Yeah, I feel like he's being overplayed. I feel like right now what's going to end up happening is the coach, um, even fucking Dubis. They're going to be like, oh, okay, he's uh, he's doing really, really well, blah, blah, blah. And then they're just going to burn him out. Like, he's going to end up with a serious injury or he's just going to be too tired to face off against high contending teams, I think. I think he needs right now someone, A, just as good as him, or B, damn near close to take up the – because without him, you guys are not going anywhere. I know you guys are doing really well right now, but without him – I'm sorry, you guys are not going to go anywhere. Right now, I truly believe this at the bottom of my heart. You have the best goalie that this franchise has ever seen. Wow. Bar none. Bar none. Is there better goalies out there? Probably. But is it the best goalie that you guys have had? A thousand percent. Freddie Anderson was shit for you guys. I don't know if it was because he couldn't handle it. I don't know if it was because he didn't want to be there. I don't know if it's because he just was just getting fed up. I don't know any of that. Uh, is Was he better than, you know, the old school guys? Was his name Belfour? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have the best. I would be taking care of this guy right now. I would be taking care of it giving him as much physical therapy as he needs the rest he needs catering to this guy way more than austin matthews marner nylander tavares all combined there is no chance that you guys go past round one in the playoffs without him without giving him the prop do you think that he's going to be able to compete against Vasilevsky and round if you guys faced off round one, there's no fucking chance. If he's playing the amount of games he's playing right now, not a chance. Unless he's going for some record. Do you wanna do you wanna hear these uh these stats? I, I'm pretty sure I brought it up a couple a couple episodes ago, but I'm gonna bring it up again because it's been a couple weeks. Jack Campbell's tenure with Toronto. This is his record. 33, 9, and 5. <laughs> yep. Exactly it. That's exactly my point. Absolutely unbelievable. He had a rough start when he came in with 3-2-1, but I mean, that's he only played 6 games. But then when he had to come in last season, he just took that starting job from Freddie and said, Sayonara, how you doing? Keep moving. As yeah. Nick would like to say. And he's just run with it. And I would like to partially agree with you that uh, he does need a break. I feel like he could have like a couple days off. Like say like. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying have him replaced. I'm not saying, you know. Right. I, don't, I don't even think he, I don't, I don't even think he should be sharing the load with anybody. 
But I'm saying I for, agree with that. I, I think maybe for 60 percent minimum of the month, he should be in net against the crucial teams. Like John Cooper isn't playing. I'm, I'm sorry, he's not playing Vasilevsky probably against you guys. I don't see him that. I, I don't, don't see him doing that. I don't see. I do not think that the Leafs should play him against the Kraken on a Sunday night. No, but that's no. exactly it. Like, it or, needs, like and I mean, they're not to be going to because can, the Canucks are actually. You know what? Play him against the Kraken because you're playing the the Canucks the night before. So you're gonna put in your backup against the Canucks because they're trash. Um, but like, like a Tuesday night game against like I don't know. The Coyotes, put in Joseph Wolf, yeah. put in Peter Mrazek. I understand Mrazek's right now down in a conditioning stint in the AHL, which is good to see because he's been injured for most of the season. He's only played two games. But, yeah, like, I completely agree with you. Like, you don't have to play him every single game. Absolutely give him, like, a like a week off type thing or, like, a couple, day, couple games off just to give him some rest because you don't want to yeah. kill, kill him, is, right? And that's kind of like which what... Which is why... I was going to say, sorry, which is why I'm, I'm glad you guys have Mrazek because he has that experience. He has tenure with other teams because, again, I hate to make this comparison, but, you know, Vasilevsky has Brian Elliott as their backup. He's not a super great goalie, but he knows how to hold his own four games to keep the momentum going for Tampa Bay. And that's exactly what uh, I think Toronto needs. Is What's his face? I forget his name. Is it Justin Hole? Is that his name? Joseph or Wool. Joseph. Joseph. No, Joseph Wool. Wool. Yeah. Yeah, there's too many whatevers. Wool and Hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hall. Everything fucking sounds the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. He probably could compete. See, I, like, what, what, what I would do once Mrazek comes back, he's proved himself. I would, I would trade. I would trade Wool. I would trade him. He could easily end up on a team that really needs a goalie. Get the money for him. And I'm sorry, I know that's a hot take, but you guys don't need him because he'd be competing. Think of it. He'd be competing with Campbell's soup, trying to get that. I, I get that feeling when I watch him play, when I've watched him in the interviews, that he has this um, I'm number one attitude. You don't want that. You don't want that with someone. Like Brian Elliott knows Vasilevsky's king. I'm going to keep it that way. I'm here to relieve him. That's what you need. That You need someone like that to be able to keep the balance. You need someone that understands, okay, I'm here to make sure that number one gets sleep. Number one gets the, the PT he needs, gets this and that done for him. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're relying on, on, on two players, what's going to end up happening is you're going to have two players that are going to be either A, splitting the games, with each other, which is, which I don't want for Campbell. I, I I would I would rather have him finish off this season with like, you know, something easy that you guys could probably do, forty five wins, fifty wins easily, maybe even sixty wins, and having him the majority of that forty wins, you know, for this season. I mean, that'd be fucking awesome. That'd be great. Like, hey, we didn't have it in Freddie, but we have it in Jack. We have a. a a good standing thing. Now all the thing you really need, I guess you don't really need it right now, I guess, but it would be defensive players with that one guy. That's your go-to guy, whether that's buddy old pal, still whatever his name is. Riley. Pardon? O'Reilly. Yeah. O'Reilly. Um, 
that I guess you could say that's questionable. I mean, obviously you guys think it's him. I don't think it's him. Um, but I think we're still missing that solid piece on the back end. I think <clears throat> Riley's saying like I feel like you know it helps a lot, but I mean like that solidified player. guy. Saying, yeah, here's the thing. He's not a bad player, but when I think of when I think a defensive player on again, I hate bringing it up, but when I think a defensive player on Tampa Bay Lightning, Victor Hedman. I don't even I can't even remember Morgan Riley's name. And I'm pretty sure when I was thinking of his name, I called him O'Reilly at first. And now that I'm thinking about this. Jesus. Uh so I I, I don't look at him as maybe it's because I'm also not a Leaf fan. That might yeah. be a reason. But I also don't think of him as like your star back end player. Like, I don't know. Maybe because he flies into the radar too much. Or maybe because when he's on the ice, it doesn't really matter. Which is, again, that might be a hot take. But when Victor Hedman's on the ice, the other teams feel it. He's a very big fucking defensive player. And he knows how to get the fucking job done. And he's not afraid to throw his body. And he also got second star of, what, the week? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not a, he's not a uh, under-the-radar kind of player. He's, uh, yeah... Let me do the job if that needs to get done, kind of guy. And I, I feel like that's one. I, th- I don't think you guys need it right now because you guys are kind of lucking out. I think you guys are really strong on the offense to enough where it cripples the other team. But yeah, with Jack Campbell, I think you guys really need to give him, give him some type of a break. Give him, give him some time off. Don't let him play a hundred percent of the games every month. Even I would say even eighty games of the month is even risky. Like you want, like you gotta make sure your groin is good. That's that. That's exactly why going back on Carey Price. That's why Carey Price got hurt so much with his groin. It's because they played him so much, like it was constantly. Well, that's, that's Mrazek's one... problem right now. Exactly. He aggravated his groin injury. Yeah. Exactly, and a lot of people, and I, I know I'm saying this once again, a lot of people don't like how, you know, for the past couple of seasons. Vasilevsky doesn't see as much ice time as Carey Price used to. And that's because John Cooper knows. He's the fucking... I've said it before that not many players are the be-all, end-all. If we lose Vasilevsky, we will never see another fucking... With this core, we will never see another fucking Stanley Cup playoff game ever again. And I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. I love the Tampa Bay Lightning. I love all the team. I love all the players on there. I'm a huge Stamkos fan. I love everybody. Braden Point. But if we don't have Vasilevsky, I'm sorry, we don't make it as far as we do. That guy, and Jack Campbell has that kind of influence on the team. Like if you guys lose him, it's gonna affect your guy. Like if he gets hurt. Just think of that. Like, let's say, for example, he has like a leg injury or lower body issue, and he's out for two weeks. Do you really think that you guys are going to be able to keep the? Because you guys have gone the distance right now. You guys are pretty good in the league right now. I think you guys are what number one or something like that. Or damn, uh, we're up close. there. We're up there. Third, I think we dropped because of the losses. Yeah. But yeah, if top you, five if, for sure. Yeah, if if you guys if you guys lose, I'm sorry. If you guys lose Jack Campbell, you guys are back at fucking square one. You guys might as well just throw Freddie Anderson back in net. Just borrow him. Like, there's going to be no reason. You guys really need to take care. I think, and I hope, I hope, I really do hope that management on the, tra- on the Toronto Maple Leafs realize this and don't give in to the fans. 
Just because, just because he's not playing doesn't mean he's not number one still. He's still goalie one. He's not goalie two. He's, but give him the fucking... Give him the fucking break he deserves. Give him the break he needs. Like I said, I think a minimum 60-65% of games a month should be played by him. Mm-hmm. The rest, leave it to a good backup, a strong backup. An out-of-the-league and a couple years backup. Mrazek might be perfect for that, but he's also hurt, so... Yeah. Who really knows? But like mm-hmm. I said, once once the... Once Mrazek comes back... You guys got you guys got to get got to get rid of Wool. I don't think he can. I don't think he suits the Toronto Maple Leafs because if he does, then you have to pick between Campbell and him. It's just like, and I can give you guys the exact same comparison, the exact same comparison. When Montreal Canadiens had Halak and went on that run, you guys remember that a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. I think so. Exactly. They got rid of Halak. Halak looked way better than Carey Price. But the issue was Halak was a backup. All of a sudden, he's playing like a star goalie. Can't have that. Carey Price is the star goalie. And you have two people kind of competing for number one. and drives out everything out of, the, out of the rest of the team, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Joseph Wool's personality, like, I haven't seen it, but... If he is like that, then yeah, that's. I don't know. I don't know what that that means, like really for the team. Like it drives his game, and I think it would drive Campbell's game up to battle for it. But I think Wool's too young to take that. Yeah, he's only number one spot. So yeah. like, yeah. here's my thing: is like, even if you have him there as like a backup, or if you put, send him down to the AHL and he plays starter for the next couple seasons with the Marlies, um. I mean, he's making only 750. So if you can get him to come up when Mrazek's deal is up in three years, uh, that's what I'm thinking. And then trade out Mrazek. Yeah, clear up that cap space. Then you, got, then you clear up that cap space exactly, and then you've got this one-two punch of Campbell and Wool. And then once Campbell starts getting old and starting to slip up or whatever, then that's when you bring in Wool and say, here's your starting position. Let's see if you can run with it kind of thing. And then maybe we can go on a run of having a good couple few, good few goalies. Um, and I'm really hoping that Joseph Wool kind of makes it solely because like the Leafs haven't had like a homegrown goalie since James Reimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's exactly that's, what I mean. That's rough. You can't yeah. just yeah. go out and trade for goalies all the time. They're hard to come by. There's only 32 teams in the league, and there's only 25 good goalies. Yeah. If that. Yeah. If that, yeah. yeah if I don't that. know. I think, well, the thing with Joseph Wall, like, obviously he had a bad game last night against the Jets, but other than that, I think he's been pretty solid. I don't and even think that game was on him. I think that game was no, just out of control I, yeah. all throughout the entire game. And I feel like that just bubbles over from last last season when the Jets and the Leafs, I don't know if you remember, Taylor, that that rivalry there got rough near the end of it with... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With what's-his-face. The um, first bubble, wasn't it? No, no. Um, with um, Joe Thornton screwing around with Ehlers. 
Oh, that was my during favorite. the last game. It was the best thing, but I, I feel like that. that just kind of bubbled over into this season, and like I just I feel like this this game got out of control, and the refs did nothing about it. But I I kind of want to move on from that topic because like that's like we already talked about that game. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I know we talked about it. It was just uh, it was just the Nick and I special a couple episodes ago. Um, him and I talked about it, but I wanted to kind of get your opinion on it. Um, Taylor, did you see the Olympic jerseys? I did. You did? I'm going to send them to you again just for reference. I want to know yep. what you think of the Canadian jerseys. <sighs> yeah, I mean... There's three, yeah. There's three, right? They got the yeah. the red, the black, the white, and then the black. And I don't know. I don't like the the red jerseys, the red with the black stripes. I think that in the black leaf, I don't like that. I think that's it's so bad. Like I I think they should have just kept it Canadian and just the red and white would have been fine. Like, the white jerseys look clean as shit. The, whole, the like, whole thing is, though, I understand why they had the black, because Hockey Canada has always kind of had the black with, I think, yeah. before, back in 2010, the um, the word Canada was written in black underneath the leaf with the hockey right. guy in it. Um, so I understand why the black is incorporated in the red jersey, but there's no white in it at all. No, I know, and that's the other thing. It's and like... I don't understand I don't know. why. It, it doesn't doesn't look good in my opinion on that part like i think they could have done so much better with that like i'm not even a fan of like the leaf itself either do, but do, do you see the turkey bent over and showing its butthole in that leaf <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't even realize yeah there's a bunch of people that say it looks like a turkey butthole some other people like to say that it looks like a pot leaf um like, I mean, I'm looking at it, and, like, the more I look at it, I still, I love those black jerseys. I think they look clean as fuck. Um, they remind me a lot of the North American jerseys from the 2016 World Cup World uh, Cup of Hockey. Yeah, the black's not that bad. Like, um, but I, I don't like how the leaf is black as well. Uh, I don't like that either. I think it should have been, like, maybe, like, a white or even, like, a red. I don't, I don't understand why they had to make the leaf black. And just have the little red outline on it. I feel like you're not going to see it. But the back of that black jersey looks so clean. Because the writing is all in red. Um, mm. A lot of people don't like these. I really like them. I, I, I like them really? too. I'm, yeah. Wow. I'm, again, like uh, as I'm not Taylor a fan. was saying. I'm not that big of a fan of the red one. Just because like, I feel like there should be some sort of white on it. Yeah, it feels red, too... It's... If the tone of red was a little bit brighter, I feel like it would look like orange and black, and it would look like a Halloween costume. But uh, I didn't. I don't know. I don't like them. But like, I mean, I will say, and I said it when I was talking to Nick a couple shows ago. Definitely a lot better than these U.S. jerseys. Um, I don't understand what they were thinking when they made these jerseys. Uh, why do you have two different colors of blue? Yeah, that was, that was one thing that I was thinking about too when I looked at them. But, I don't, who designs these? Who, who makes these? 
Is it Nike? Nike, right? Yeah, Nike. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. U.S. is they're not too too bad, but yeah, Nick I don't said know. at best they look like football um, jerseys, like European soccer. Yeah, yeah I could American, see that. The American jerseys yeah. look almost identical to what you would see in like FIFA. Yeah, they look yeah. like shit. They look like complete garbage. At least, like when I look at like the Canadian jersey, I see that and I'm like, that's a hockey jersey. Yeah. I don't look yeah, at it and, th- and think of another sport. I look at it and think of hockey. But when I look at this USA jersey, I think of soccer. I, I I feel like I'd see somebody wearing this out on the course playing golf. Yeah, I I, I can see that. You want to talk about bad jerseys? <laughs> Nashville Predators Stadium oh my Series. Oh God, Nick, did you see these jerseys? No, I the Nashville Predators stadium jerseys are absolutely awful. Oh my god! Yes, okay, the yeah, Smash that's what you said. <laughs> Holy! That is, the, that is the stupidest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. I know Taylor, you don't like the the Bolts ones, the Bolts I, stadium jerseys. Listen, I like they're a lot better than the Nashville. The Nashville <laughs> takes the the cake for the worst jerseys I've ever seen, ever. I don't understand. Like, I think you are right. I think it is the worst jersey of all time. Yeah, it has to be. There is nothing else worse than that. I don't what, understand. What, I don't know. Their their last uh, jersey as well was awful. I don't know if you remember the Predators' last um, outdoor games jersey, but it was also awful. Was it white? It, no, it was yellow, and it had like cursive writing that said Predators across the front. And it just looked awful. I like I like the ones where oh, fuck. I don't remember which when they wore these. Uh, there was white. I don't know. They they had what? Uh, yeah, there we go. The twenty twenty Winter Classic ones. Those were sick. It's like all white, and then it says Nashville Predators in the middle, big stripe across. I don't know. You guys will look. Oh yeah, I remember. Up. You'll I, see that. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! You know what? I was thinking. I Those. it was that uh, it was that um, that stadium series, but it was the other team. It was the Dallas Stars that had like the D in the middle. It was the Dallas Stars. It looked oh awful. yeah. I don't understand what is going on right now in the NHL and just in hockey in general, where these jerseys are getting designed and they look just awful. Well, like the Nashville just doesn't make sense to me. Like it. it like, why is that writing so goddamn big? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, it's so bad. It's just plain and simple. It's just, it's so bad. This shit. This yeah. Dallas Stars jersey the Dallas, is disgusting. Yeah. With these brown gloves, <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, it is pretty bad. And like I understand, I understand how you can like the um, neon green jerseys, Nick, because like there there is a part of me that's like, you know what, I, I kind of like these. I but like those. At the those. same time, I just I feel like it's too bright. I feel like if you turn the lights off in, in the stadium, <laughs> that they would just glow in the dark. I feel like we're already underneath a black light when I look at these jerseys, and they're really pushing them at home games right now. And I know a lot of Dallas fans did not like them when they first came out. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I I do actually really like the jerseys. I think they have a. I think that 
only reason why I like them is because they're so much more different than everything else. Yeah. That might be the reason why I like the Tampa Bay alternate jerseys also. Like the black and like the gray mist that comes up. I want yeah. yeah, yeah. I want one of those which jerseys is, so bad. Which is, by the way, the best jersey in the entire league. The alternate jersey for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Whoa, another hot take here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no chance in hell that there's another jersey that's better than that jersey. I'll get that jersey um, and I'll put Matthews' name on the back. <laughs> don't do that you, that, might, that might come to fruition who knows maybe everyone decides to take a pay cut next thing you know he's playing on the Tampa Bay Lightning with fucking Stamkos Braden Point and Braden Cooch. Point yeah um, but yeah I mean yeah I probably the sad part is right you know we were talking about we, now this is the second time we've talked about the Olympics and stuff I'm probably not even going to watch it I'm probably not going to watch any of it which is sad, but um, well, isn't it like at like it's two in, in the morning? China, so it's gonna be like yeah, yeah. Well, not even that. If, if, if I mean, if it was outside my door, I'd be walking right by. I, <laughs> oh I, I my! Think, I don't care. <laughs> I don't think. Wow. A, I, I I don't think there's a reason. All that's gonna do is just put a halt on the NHL season, and I don't really care much for that. Um, I don't know. I never really cared much about the Olympics. Um. I stopped. Well, I stopped giving a shit about them maybe a couple of years ago, in like 2014, their last one. And I was like, "Hey, what the fuck am I watching this for? It doesn't really matter. It just feels. It just feels like super teams facing off against other super teams. And it, for me, I don't know. It didn't Aww. really make much sense. I don't. I don't mind watching it for like, you know, I like watching those people go down really fast in those tubes. Uh, but the I, luge? I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the luge. I think it's hilarious. Uh, but other than that. I don't give a shit I, too much. I love the Olympics. Olympics. Love it. I'm all for I, it. I'll watch anything. I, I, I No, I like the Olympics, but I'm saying I don't like hockey in the Olympics. I oh, think hockey's so good. I think it's kind of a pointless thing. I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a, uh, a necessity in, in the Olympics. And all the players, you know, whining that they couldn't fucking play. I'm just like, you know what? what the fuck does it matter anyway? You're already making... To two to eleven point five million dollars, anyways. If you're lucky, twelve. So it's kind of like, what the fuck you want to do? You want to? I mean, yeah, sure, you want to go play for your country, but the only reason why you want to do that is because it's happened before. If there was no more Olympics, I don't think anyone would really give a shit. I don't know. Maybe that's just my own thing. I like, and I'm I'm specifically talking about hockey in the Olympics, not Olympics in general, which I I like because it gives. Uh, like I'm never gonna watch fucking curling, and I think again, I think that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> how there's so much hype over curling, and you know you're shaking the broom as fast as fucking possible to what hit another brick. I think that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the hockey and whatnot, like you got two options really. Who's gonna win? Oh, Canada or the States? Oh, I didn't guess that one. Like I. <laughs> I don't know. It's for, Russia to me, makes a surprise appearance. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a, a pointless gimmick at this point. Like I said, if it was just outside my door, I'd be walking right by it. Telling you guys, tell them to keep their voices down because I'm sleeping or something. You know, I, I, it's not a big, it's not a big thing for me. I'm not a, I don't know. I, I honestly, I'm, I liked how the NHL did the, um, the, the world cup of hockey. Yeah, the World Cup of Hockey. I liked how that happened, but that's just because I liked seeing their version of it. 
Do I want to see it again? No. Uh, <laughs> will I cry about it if I ever see it again? No. And that's just my thing. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, you guys got anything else? No, I got nothing. Uh, yeah, I do. Oh, uh, nice. Roethlisberger says this is going to be his last season, which is perfect because he, if he gets hit, it takes him 30 years to get back up. You're 40 years old. You're 40 years old. Okay, I'm all for <laughs> vets wanting to continue to play the game, but when you're 40 years old and it takes you an entire, an, like an entire recovery to get back up, um, you should oh not be God. in the fucking league anymore. That is half the reason why uh, the Steelers are the where Steelers, they are. Yeah, the Steelers are where they are. <laughs> uh, throwing horrible fucking passes. Like, okay, buddy, we get it. Like, you were in the league before you were whatever. Um. I feel like he's ruined his reputation now playing these last, I would say, three years. Hot take. Um, he should have quit while he was ahead, I feel. Um, you know, look at Brett Favre. See what happened to him? You know, that should, he should be your leading example there. Um, Buffalo Bills face off tonight against the Patriots with apparently 30 mile per hour wins. And snow. Uh, That's gonna be interesting. Snow. Yeah, I would. If if you guys don't watch the games, if you guys don't watch football, um, whether you're a listener or whether you're my co-hosts, tonight would be a good game to watch. Um, two really good teams. You know, you got Mac Jones's New England Patriots facing off against Josh Allen's Buffalo Bills. It is going to be um, a hell of a night tonight. It's going to be a really good night. Um, both teams are playing really, really well. Uh, you know, I could sit here and talk about the downfalls and the upsides to both teams for hours, but I'm not going to do that. Um, one other thing, um, you know, we don't ever really talk about it. Uh, it's not a thing I'll probably ever bring up ever again because mostly I think baseball is arguably the most boring sport uh, ever created in the history of mankind, and that's talking about cricket and everything else i don't golf <laughs> golf i'd rather play golf uh and watch it than to watch a single moment of <laughs> baseball but um right now fans are in an uproar because apparently you guys are staring down the barrel um of a lockout which is not a fun thing not a fun situation um and apparently this could lead into the 2022 season. I know if this was happening in the NFL, I'd probably be pissed. So I can understand why fans would be upset. I mean, when the NHL faced their two lockouts, it was horrible and I was barely a fan. NFL faced a lockout in 2011 and that was fucking dreadful for me. Um... Will it bother me that MLB is going into a lockout? Absolutely not. But I do uh, offer my sympathy to the MLB fans, to the people that are diehard baseball fans. I know there's a lot of you. It's just not my thing. Um, I don't follow it at all. Uh, I know one person, and I don't even know what his name is. I just know what his face looks like. So that is 
how much I know about baseball. I I know you guys have, you know, stats for how many times you lift your foot. Um, so that's cool. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe this is a great time for all you baseball fans to come watch some football, come watch some hockey. Fuck, even get into a new sport uh, for next year uh, because we have one more race for Formula One. You can watch Formula One next year. It'll be so much better to watch. It'll be so much more entertaining. Which, by the way, really quick, um, right now Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton are tied for first. It's so it's literally coming down to the line. Down to the so, wire. Yeah. Last race in, of the season. Yeah, going to be an intense, an intense drive. Um, and also, too, for next year, you got George Russell joining into the Mercedes drive. Uh, Botas leaving, going to Alfa Romeo. Uh, another driver is coming from somewhere for Alfa Romeo. I'm sure he's probably been announced, but I don't know who it is. Um, yeah, I mean, you have so many more other sports. That also goes for other people, too, that like you know just want to watch hockey or just want to watch football or just want to watch Formula One or baseball, you know. Dive into a little bit more things. It'll definitely open up more conversation, uh, which is part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast in general. I don't watch hockey nearly as much as I watch football, and it's I'm pretty sure it's evident within the, the people that do listen to this that I also don't know as much about hockey as I do about football, which is something I want to do, which is something I want to learn more of, which is why I got you know Taylor and Ad- uh, Taylor and Tyler, <laughs> Jesus, Taylor and Tyler here about you know. <laughs> really good, <laughs> really so good at right now. <laughs> uh, really good at uh, you know, or sorry, they're really knowledgeable <laughs> in in the sport of hockey, and I th- I, th- I knew that it would be a, a really great fit. But uh, we are coming to an end. The Buffalo Bills versus the New England Patriot game is going to be starting here in a little bit, and uh, I'm not missing that for the life of me. So, uh, keep your head up and stick on the ice. See ya.